here we are. United won, Chelsea won. Could have been worse, Wayne. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah, we did that thing where we don't lose a game. And it was quite Crazy. refreshing. <laughs> when was the last time that happened? Let's say United benefited from some slack Chelsea finishing, which has been, I think, the you know, trademark of Chelsea this season, really. Mm. They've got a lot of quality through the team and then don't really have any goal scorers. Except one on the bench oh. who came on to some ringing boos at the end. And then uh, United also got back into the game, which seemed like didn't hardly create a thing, United, but um, excellent ball from Matic and a, a really explosive finish from Cristiano. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, what do you think of the game? I thought that was it. Are we not wrapping up? Yeah, we that's it. Summary it. done. <laughs> 59 seconds, which coincidentally is probably about the time that Chelsea were in, lead, in the lead and, and it took for United to equalise, which is obviously the classic case of just catching them cold. The concentration yeah. went off for a minute. Well, they, they barred us. They absolutely barred us. They controlled the game all over. You, yeah. you mentioned just before we came on, it was a number that I was keeping track of, not deliberately, but I was like, oh God, they're ringing up the shots here. I think just after we scored, they came on the screen um because i didn't go tonight obviously the it came on the screen that they'd had four times as just over four times as many shots as what we'd had but the real number that we should have been looking at is reese james with i think it was oh. 11 crosses that he put in and like yeah. probably seven or eight of those were goal scoring opportunities yeah just un unbelievable i i've said this before and maybe it's bias against liverpool but i i rate james as the best right back in the country i just think he's unbelievable um, I think he's a more they, balanced player than Alexander-Arnold. I mean, Alexander-Arnold's got a better range of passing, yeah. but it's just complete fullback, isn't it? He was awesome tonight. Uh, he's exactly what United could do with a great defensive fullback and a great attacking fullback. I'm a full package. Yeah, no, when they it first got rumoured about, you know, Chelsea uh, might be in the poo-poo, and right. they were saying that they might have to let go of all the, well, many of their players... Obviously, Reese James and Rudiger stand out as two, well, Kante, but maybe not so much now because of his, he's going a little bit, although it didn't show any sign of um, slowing down tonight. Yeah. Yeah, they, they obviously, they've got quality all over the pitch. And, and what really um, stands out to me is that they, they look like they've got quality. And you've got to remember that United finished above this team last season and we look completely transformed. And yeah, all right, maybe like off the team when on, on the pitch for United tonight, but the, the message... It's still the same. You could have probably fielded the first 11 from last season and it would have been a profound and pronounced difference to what we saw from Chelsea. I, I don't know. For, for most of it, you watch the game and it's very much the pattern of the defeats that we've had. We were very lucky. Like De Gea, we were lucky with their shots in the first half. A lot of them were straight at De Gea. He did sure. quite well because there were a few stingers in there, but they were a lot of them straight at him. So he was able to deal with that with comfort. And you could see that he was getting frustrated. With what was in front of him I, I don't know what it is why obviously the players have got to accept culpability how many times we're going to have this conversation about what we're seeing because it's exactly the same performance every single week and i just look at it and i think i don't want to get too deep we're close we're coming towards the end of the season we're assessing how things look and we're coming towards the end of the ralph Ragnick reign and i don't know if it's just a different conversation i've been having with people i don't keep wanting harking back to every time we have a poor performance you say something like the prestige of the club isn't built on performances like this it's so alien to, uh -huh. to what the club's supposed to stand for but when you look at it 
and you look at the fact that this is a run of maybe four or five months of soulless performances and there's nothing within any, any of these players I mean, apart from individuals you could see the ones who are bothered about playing Champions League football or at least bothered about ending the career well like Matic has got something about him you could see that Ronaldo obviously wants to for some reason think thought that he's going to at least try and rescue whatever there is right. a chance of a Champions League campaign it's not going to happen but you can see that he's frustrated that nobody else is bothered and nobody apart from that maybe De Gea with the standards apart but where else is it in the team it's just not, not there and no it's not but and this is what I wanted to go on to about that is that I don't want again this is really jumping from one extreme to another but I want to go back to like the the post Munich team and I'm doing okay. it deliberately because it's the character of the side that's the base yeah. requirement yeah. after Munich was just work hard like because working hard doesn't cover all ills but as long as you're doing that you're compensating for, for many different things and the crowd will always get off your back if they see that you're putting in a shift and look there's a there's a significant difference in in that kind of thing like I'm not pointing the finger at someone for example, people are going to definitely jump on Rashford's back after the performance tonight. His confidence mm -hmm. is still the floor. It, maybe it, we were having this conversation a few months ago and I, I said something like, it's no shame if like his levels drop to uh, middle Premier League player standard, middle table Premier League player standard, because he's had a great start and that's what happens to a lot of players. Maybe it's even lower than that. We don't know, but I hate watching him at the moment and seeing... What he's become. Almost tracking every single thing that he's doing is wrong because it feels yeah, so yeah. counterproductive because I don't want to feel like that when I'm watching him, but I'm thinking, please make a right decision this time. Yes, because it every doesn't time, happen. He, yeah. No, it, it doesn't. And I'm not, like I said, what I, I, want, I don't want to do is point the finger at Rashford and say, oh, that's lack of effort. But you can definitely see it around the pitch and, and Rashford is one of those players, not the, the individual that I'm pointing out, but he's part of a collective of players like yes. that. And I, and I just think... What happened? What happened? Where was the disconnect? Because it can't have just been the Ronaldo signing. It can't have been that Solskjaer was out of his depth because he's so deep. There were reports which Ragnick poo-pooed in his pre-match press conference about a dossier that he had written mm. and we're you know, calling the players unprofessional and lacking in character and and, and like all the things. And, and of course, it, it blew up because everyone could go, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Lack of work yeah. ethic, unprofessional, lack of character. Yeah, yeah, we can see all of that. That rings true. And he denied it strongly. He said, no, no, no dossier exists. But for sure, whether he, if he's written one or not, for sure he'll be telling some home truths both to the players in the dressing room. He's done a few of them in public and to the board and to Ten Hag. I mean, for sure. And there's, there's few players that would escape the scrutiny this season and especially in the last few weeks. And you mentioned a couple... Matic had a surprisingly good game. I mean, it's not really his fault. It was four against two in midfield all of the time. And his legs have obviously gone somewhat and he, he can't cover all that ground. Ronaldo put a shift in, keeps scoring goals. We can argue whether that's to the benefit or detriment of, of the overall balance of the side, but it's another mm. question entirely now, I think. And yeah, for so many of them, the basics, the work hard, everything else comes on top of that has doesn't happen anymore and it took over an hour before the first coordinated press came from United and and 
I don't understand. Are they going to press? And they're not going to press because they're not going to press. They might as well just drop deep, just drop deep, mm. defend, and yeah. try and break. And the the lack of what feels like zero system, but I can't I just can't, don't believe it. I don't believe with a technocrat like Ralph Ragnick in charge that they are not putting in the hours on the training pitch to try and make that happen. And I think it I think it was against oh I'm gonna forget now maybe against Arsenal where he said after United had conceded the first goal that we we didn't train all week for that to happen. And I think it was Harry Maguire that on that occasion chased out it was, of defense. It was, Magu- it was Maguire for the Liverpool goal, the first oh, Liverpool, Liverpool goal. goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, so I can kind of sense some exasperation from Ragnick. Mm. And I'm sure there is some level of players not following instructions, don't feel they need to, don't care, too much player power, whatever it is. And United were fortunate because Chelsea were pretty profligate that all of those ills didn't convert to to more goals tonight because hell of a lot of possession, 65% possession. At Old Trafford, 21 shots. At Old Trafford, completely dominated every aspect of the game except for except for the goals, which is, of course, the mm-hmm. only thing that really matters. But fortunate that Chelsea didn't overcome their weakness, which is having a striker who scores goals. Maybe they'll drop another 100 million on another striker this summer. Who knows? <laughs> Well, they might do if they can find it from somewhere. Um, I'm sure they can. I'm sure they can. Well, um, I'm sure the new owners will want to ingratiate themselves with the uh, the fans. Yeah. They, do you know what? They were much better than us. But again, like Arsenal, like Liverpool, and, and look how pronounced the difference was against Liverpool and, and us, they didn't have to be brilliant. They weren't Chelsea at their best. And like you've said, they've made, they've made a lot of sloppy errors in, in, in finishing or they, they were just a bit a couple of seconds behind and yet they were light years in front of us do you know that's how, how oh, ridiculous yeah. it has become it's, and do you know when you're seeing all that and you're watching all that transpire in front of you and Rangnick like you've said he's come out and said some things and you know that the things that he's saying in private have got to be harsh even more harsh than what he's saying in public and and we've never seen a manager be this harsh in public and and let's be a lot of people have jumped on me on this when I've been saying this on social media a lot of people are saying oh no Mourinho said this sort of stuff he didn't he didn't nah, say it like this it was much more yeah. oblique yeah and it was self-preservation that Ragnick's not there's no self-preservation for him kind of like he's not even employed by the club in a way he's just come along mm. to sort of like you know like a consul like basically like a consultant to say this is what's happening I'm not in charge of anything. I'm not responsible for anything but you can now all see the errors that's kind of what he's done like they're just going to play I've told them to press, but you can see that they don't want to do it, that kind of thing. Again, they didn't have to be brilliant tonight to get the result. And if they were a little bit better, they would have definitely got all three points. And, and United's problem is in reaching the standard. Well, for their primary problem is reaching the standard that they were at last season before even thinking about uh, kicking on and competing against these teams. Yeah, it is a rebuild and a really big one required. Ranick said the other day, five, six or ten players you know, needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in the same conversation, he said, oh, it, it doesn't need to take that long if you know what you're looking for. And then said United were six years behind Liverpool. Things may be true, I guess. It's interesting, his kind of tone, and it, it does feel very much like director of footballish tone uh, analysis. And I, I know what it takes to solve the problem. In a way that is unusual. And and I think it's refreshing for most fans. Friend of the show, Michael Cox, owner marking, noticed he said on Twitter that uh, 
isn't he just blaming everyone else for his failures as a coach? Which I can kind of understand um, a non-United yeah. fan might see it that way. I don't think many United fans see it that way. I think many United fans see it as, as some home truths that have finally been told and needed to be told. Maybe these things are not mutually exclusive. Maybe he's yes. deflecting some blame in doing that, but it doesn't feel like anything he's saying is untrue. No, I think you're right. The, but I'd say 95% of maybe even higher than that, basically supporting everything that he's saying. There is, there's a small number of people saying, oh, he's done nothing. He came from nothing. He's never managed a big club. He doesn't have any history of managing big clubs. So there are a couple of grumbles that you have with him. I mean, you look at the way that any manager who's in post would be looking at ways to rectify the problem while it's happening. I don't think that he's that bothered about doing that while he's like saying, well, let it burn, let it burn and watch it burn in front of you. You can see with the, the dad's army retirement. He's not changed anything up, has he? No, the dad's army retirement. So, you know, one matter coming yeah. on and, and Phil yeah, Jones yeah. coming on. It's no use to anyone. I, I, no, I get it. Like you want to see, say goodbye to one matter on his birthday and everything. You want to see Phil Jones in the shop window, but it's doing no purpose for Manchester United. I'm sorry. It's not. If you, better off like even Garnacho coming on for, for two minutes what, minute. it, yeah it's nothing it means nothing in the end it's true we had uh Fernandez, Mishbri, Shoretiri and Garnacho on the bench and it would have been nice to see more of them I mean in in the past Ragnick has said I'd rather bring these guys on at three nil up and yeah, you but... can kind of understand protecting them but from a Manchester United perspective I'd rather see these players on the pitch than matter nice chap but he's leaving and like you don't see the benefit i mean he brought phil jones on to try and close out the game didn't he which i suppose is fair enough in the context i guess um yeah went to, no, went to yeah. three at the back for 10 minutes or something yeah but again it's like try something different do you know what i mean i think at this point even if we'd had lost the game and like, let's say, for example, we brought on Annabelle and let him play in the midfield in the same way they did at Anfield and we'd lost the game, but at least we'd been bold in trying to win it and rather than protecting it with Phil Jones. I know that that's not the fashion that Ragnick's decided to employ and I'm not getting on his back for that. I just think that this little pocket of these like Lingard's been getting games, Matter's getting loads of games for some reason when he's been out in the cold. Even he was out in the cold under Ragnick for a long time. So why is he suddenly playing now? No, I know he's been a great footballer, but he's not been in favour at United for two or three years, really. He's not been around the side. And that it just doesn't make any sense in the same way it hasn't made sense to give these players the extra contracts. But here we are. And I think we all pretty much six weeks or so when it when it became clear that the champions league places were running out of our control that we weren't in that then it didn't really matter how the season ended like i think we've had this conversation before when i've just decided at some point do you know what this is as bad as it gets in this era of following united so let's be cathartic about it do you know what i mean let's say all right it's crap let's watch it like tonight Reese James having the freedom of Old Trafford to flash in yeah. a dozen crosses. Just watch it because hopefully it's not going to happen again. And hopefully these are the kind of performances that you're going to be able to Anfield 4-0. You're going to at least be able to show that on the tape to, to United players. This is the low standard of not what, of what not to do in future. Yeah, I mean, well, that's sure. the only benefit that I can get from it, you know. To reiterate the conversation, I guess I cannot see the benefit of Alex Tellers playing. I mean, he's dreadful. And and uh, I know Alvaro Fernandez is a kid, and maybe it'd be unfair to put my you know two against one against uh, Mount and uh, Reese James. Maybe that'd be unfair. But hey, 
why not? And just see what he's made of. But anyway, yeah. look, it'll be interesting to see what Rangnick does for the final three games because now with Chelsea and Liverpool being in the FA Cup final, fifth and sixth will make the Europa League. I think I'm right in saying that. Europa League is worth something. It's better than being, yeah. it's 10 times more valuable than being in the Europa Conference. It's almost worth not being in any European competition than being in the Europa Conference. I mean, I know Leicester yeah. having a good run at it and all of that. But the Europa League has got some prestige. It's another route into the Champions League, potentially. There is some money there. It will increase yeah. United's summer budget and all of that. It's better than nothing, even if we hate it because it's on a bloody Thursday night and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see where Ragnick goes with these final three games. They're three winnable but challenging games against Brentford, Brighton and Palace. I think I'm right in saying that, Brentford, Brighton and yeah. Palace. Yeah. Yeah. But winnable, nine points would secure Europa League. Seven, maybe, maybe not, depending on how West Ham do. A bunch of defeats now, and United might end up in the conference. Mm. That <laughs> definitely don't want that. So it's an interesting calculation for him and on how much of the same he gives it, trusting his senior players or whether he mixes it up and plays a few of these younger players, which he's been slowly integrating into first training and then matchday squads. Garnacho is fourth time in the matchday squad now. And then a few minutes here and there. Will he give them some more minutes or not? Yeah, you're definitely right in terms of, look, uh, standards. So I don't, I, we definitely don't want to be having this conversation when we're saying, oh, we become another Arsenal and we're looking, oh, we really, the objective is going to be qualifying for the Champions League. And that obviously, we United, we want to be aiming for, for the top one or be challenging. That's the target for Ten Hag. It's not to get back in the Champions League. And if anyone starts talking like that, they're all automatically reducing not the prestige of the club, but they're reducing the task on what the objective is. Now, put it into the context of four games, three games left and what we want to get out of it, then yeah, absolutely. The, the thing is, the Europa League has got only got the bad rap because of the stupid name, really. If you call it the UEFA Cup or the Cup Winners, well, not the Cup Winners Cup, but the UEFA Cup, it'd still be a prestigious competition to be in, no matter sure. how much they mess about. It's the secondary European competition. United have had some great games and memorable, like if we say this, if we say the Cup Winners Cup and the Europa Cup, the UEFA Cup are the um, secondary competition now because they were merged into one. Then you've got Barcelona 84, you've got yeah. Ajax and Juventus in 76. Do you know there are, there are a lot of famous games and even sure. Lisbon, Sporting Lisbon, Busby's worst hammering in Europe was in that yeah. in the first cup. So it, the this, only thing I'd say is it, it's a stupid name, yes, but it's also because as the Champions League's got stronger, I think this competition has got a bit, a bit weaker. So it oh, used yeah. to be, without doubt. yeah, yeah, of the top league, second to second to fifth or whatever was in the UEFA Cup. Or maybe, I mean, before that, it was only one, wasn't it? But but now it's um, fifth, sixth, seventh or, or whatever of the top leagues. And then because of the way the Champions League qualification is done, more teams from smaller countries, which, which is great for them. And the reason why the conference exists to get more clubs yeah. into more European football important for beyond the big five countries not so great from a quality of football perspective but yeah you're right it's an important competition we all had a great day in 2017 
in Sweden. It will be and it will definitely yeah. be an important competition for Tenog because he can't oh, afford for sure. to. So he's got to be. I mean, he's got four competitions that he'll be in next season. Well, hopefully, you say four if we're in Europe um, and Europa League. Let's say that's four competitions. Really, realistically, you're not going to win the Premier League, so you've got to look at one of the three com- cup competitions. He's going to have this shadow of all this like run since 2017 against United. He's going to be carrying that weight. You know, it's not just yeah. going to be Ten Hag's first year. It's going to be United have gone five years. They need to eliminate that run because it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be the longest run since Atkinson, all that sort of stuff. Well, it already is now, right? So. The longest yeah. run since Doherty to Atkinson, 77-23. You're, right? you're the United you're history guy. I'm not, I'd like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to yeah, defer to you on <laughs> Yeah. And then before uh, that, 77 to 68. 83. You know what I mean? so yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure yeah. And look, this is a, a reflection of where the club's at and the club's priority, club macro sense, club's priorities and the decisions that have been made. And it's, it's a downward spiral for sure of, of poor performances, poor commercial performance, poor performances, poor commercial performance. But, you know, in, in a sense, Regnick is, is, is right that it's fixable. Now it's fixable with vision from the owners to say, hey, we can get better. And some really, you know, the, the robust processes and personnel to make the right decisions. There's, it's a, such a big summer in, in terms of ingoings and outgoings, and there cannot be any mistakes. There just can't be any because they compound themselves if there are. And it's really hard because everyone makes mistakes. Even City and Liverpool, you seem to get it right all the time. They do make mistakes. They, they buy some players and it doesn't work out. It's just they get more of it right. And then Ten Hag is going to come in. He's got a free hit in some sense that as long as he shows progress, fans will be with him. You know, yeah, as long as he shows some progress. Now, if it's crap football, the squad hasn't changed that much, and we see after five games of honeymoon next season, players not giving an ass anymore, then it's a disaster for him and it's a disaster for United. So, yes. Yeah. Anyway, and you look, UEFA, sorry, Europa League, if United qualify for that, because it's still an if, will be an important competition. It allows you to rotate players you know it's got quite a big squad it'd probably be smaller next season will allow you to integrate especially in the group stage some of the younger players that are coming through mm-hmm. that we've seen on the bench recently maybe some more maybe a few that are coming back from loan Garner, maybe i mean i don't see a lot of room for a lot of the loan players but maybe mm-hmm. so they could be a ground for them in the group stages you you do get to play some clubs of questionable quality many of whom have beaten United in recent years. <laughs> but, hey, we'll see. That's for the future. Um, Ed, let me, let me ask you a quick question. Sure. What, what are your thoughts on, we've had a few months of him in the side, what are your thoughts on Alanga? Yeah, it, it's, I, I think he's untidy. I like him from his, uh, his kind of industry perspective. He runs a lot. He makes good runs in and around the box. He's oh. flexible. He can play in any of the forward positions. The ball, uh, ten, uh, sorry, Ragnick said, ball has to be in front of him, which is true. It has to be in front of him. Likes the ball in space. His first touch is not awesome, uh, and I think that's uh, and his range of passing is okay, but unspectacular. So it's hard to say. He he could definitely look, look some of those technical skills, which could improve. 
there's, he'll score more goals with kind of tactical knowledge. And he is a good finisher. We've seen that. So there's some room for improvement. The the untidiness, I do wonder about whether you can, like nearly like yeah. 19, 20, whether you can fix that. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. I would tend to agree with everything that you've just said. I'm just, it's a very different perspective, isn't it? When you're looking at a player who's the shining light and you've seen all this enthusiasm in the industry and you're not seeing it from any other players, but then you're concerned about his lack of actual quality and you wonder how that's going to translate into a team that really wants to go places. And that's my concern for him, really. Is that, yeah. You know, I see everything, like there's a lot of promise there and... Maybe in a similar way to Scott McTominay, you know, that he went in there and he got stuck in and you thought, oh, that's good to see. And now you're looking at it and thinking, mm. at the top level, it's going to be difficult. But he kind of want to, he's still like fairly strong to be in a, having a shout for being one of the best of a bad bunch. And it's like, I don't know if, how would long do you keep persevering with that on the basis that they were better than what we had, even when the place where we want to go to might not be able to accommodate that kind of player. And I say that with um, a lot of reluctance. Do you know what I mean? Because I definitely don't want to be getting on the back of Alanga. I'm just, like, when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, I'd, I'd definitely persevere with him for another year or two, certainly another year, because I think those qualities, what you've said, they might they might translate into better quality when there's better players around him or more energetic sure, players yeah. around him. You know, the, the, yeah. the value of hustling and bustling and getting space and breaking through. There was a moment earlier where he got the ball, United were attacking and he got the ball on the turn and there were four Chelsea players in front of him. And every, you've seen that move breakdown a million times because no player is brave enough. But he turned and the, even though there were four in front of him, he actually went for it and... Old Trafford sort of like reacted to that. And now he didn't have the quality to go through them. And United actually did keep hold of the ball. I think we won a free kick on the left because he played it out wide. He was responsible with his use of the ball. And I yeah. think if you've got, if he brings the economy into his game where he understands his limitations and, and moves the ball on, then I think that could make him a better asset than even trying to be better than what he is, than what his natural ability gets him. Sure that thing. makes yeah. a lot of sense. If, uh, but you don't know he's at that stage with the player. He's learning that intelligence and economy, and hopefully he'll do it because I've got, I do I, like him. I do like him. You can definitely have more patience with a player who's come through the academy and is a freebie than, than not. And I, I just say that because, or, or you can think about it in a different way, I should say. So if you buy a player, if you buy a player for incremental improvement, you mm. you you improve slowly, right? And you get the orders of magnitude greater benefit from buying world class players than you do from buying three average players. I think, and I think it makes a big difference that kind of that that jump up in quality. Now, if Elanga becomes world class, seems unlikely. Who knows? He's had one season of yeah. you know first in football, or, or whether he's kind of a squad player that's useful. Uh, and as United build, I think you can accommodate him more than you could accommodate buying a thirty million pound average player, because he doesn't impact the budget. He's on a low wage as well, and you know it's not all about money, but it does make a difference. It frees up a space to go spend elsewhere. Then he also gives a bit of a beacon for these younger players who are coming through to say, "Hey, you know, you can make it yeah. too," and an incentive for them, which is another important factor, I think. So. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and especially, I mean, some of those lads will have played with him. You understand each other's movement and yeah. stuff like that. So there could be loads of benefits. I would probably been a little bit mean on his limitations, but it's more to do with the fact that we've seen him for a few months in the first team and just wondering now what the general consensus was on that, whether it is being mean on him or whether that's what people are generally thinking about him. I mean, um, I, I, I don't know exactly. I mean, if you dive into the, Twitter sphere, it's <laughs> oh yeah. Like, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> hive of scum and villainy, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, well, we yeah, are on there, Red. We are on there. Yeah, so. well, we are. Yeah, we are part of the problem, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, sort of, sort of. Anyway, there's uh, United don't play for a few days now. I guess it's next weekend, isn't it? Against Brentford. Brentford, Brent, Brentford and- on Monday, isn't it? Brentford is a Monday night, Monday night, yeah, yeah, Brentford yeah. Monday night. Oh, it's this Monday coming. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go. Oh, they do play. And then it's the big gap. Oh no. Then it's Brighton. Yeah. Then it's the big gap to Palace. Yeah. 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 Sort myself out. Yeah. Qu- quality <laughs> research there, Ed. All right. What do we think of Brentford at Old Trafford? They are going to be positive. They're going to come for it. They, they played really well against us in the first half down at their place and they're they definitely did. going to come with they're going to they're going to see what teams have done they're going to look at Norwich they're going to look at Chelsea and they're going to say well we can definitely cause United problems United aren't going to have too much of a different team to what they're tonight maybe if Sancho recovers from his thing but defensively they're going to be suspect you're yep. going to have play I mean even if they're not even if they're a full complement defensively they're still going to be Brentford is still going to think that they can get us the one thing is for sure we'll probably change it around and that inconsistency breeds unfamiliarity and it breeds mistakes and we've seen it so many times and Brentford are going to be they'll, they'll be loving that so it's going to be difficult for us just as difficult as the well Definitely more difficult than Norwich, and we saw what a tough time we had against them. I'm not going to be too pessimistic after the fact that we drew tonight and we got, we managed, I don't know how we did it, but we've got to kind of say, well, we showed some resilience. Yeah, defensively, and to go for it straight away afterwards. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean the thing I like about Brentford is they obviously play decent football. Thomas Frank's a bit of a twat, but give him that. Yeah. That's fine. And... They play with high press, you know, there's lots of energy there. And that, that will cause United some discomfort. We, yeah. We've seen, like, there's nobody in the back five, back four plus keeper that is really able to play through that properly. And so it will cause United problems and we will give up chances and we'll see whether they take them or not. Yeah, um, well, so. the, what works for us at their place was when we, um, and I, said, I keep saying their place because I'm not familiar with the name of the stadium. Community I Stadium, I think it's Right, called. okay. Well, yeah. that, that's perfect. That's just perfect. That's the community stadium. So the, obviously our success with that was, I think we bomb, basically bombarded that high press in the second half, didn't we? We basically yes. put a lot of pace up there, put Fernandez a little bit higher. And yeah. um, that, that turned the game around basically. And I think we've still got the players to do that. It, it just, do you play Rashford again? Do you, do you persevere God. with that? Do you I mean, you, do, kid you don't, because he's, yeah, you, you, you just don't want to beat down on Marcus, but he was dreadful tonight, so... He's he's in the side because there are no other options, basically. Uh, and mm. so yeah, why not? It's at Old Trafford. It's a, there's pressures off. Seems like a good game to give Garnacho a go. To be honest, you know, yeah. why not? No, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and Hannibal maybe as well. Give him a run. And Hannibal, I mean, yeah. Don't yeah. don't want to put too many of them in, but but definitely, you're not going to lose anything. I don't think by playing them. It's, in that game, I can see 
the argument, like you said earlier, I can yeah. see the argument for not playing him against Chelsea, not so much against Brentford. At least give him a chance because it's going to be the last home game. Give the crowd what they want. They want to see those yeah. players and they want to give them a proper chance. And that's, I mean, especially before the Youth Cup final as well, which is now going to be the biggest game of the season for United because of the fact yeah, that yeah. It's, it's some kind of progress in the future. So there'll be more than 40,000 there. I mean, I imagine in the, uh, it's May 11th, isn't it? So a couple, couple of weeks, I bet I bet there might even be 50,000 there at that final. Good. I hope, hope lots of people go. I hope everyone who can does go and support. Yeah. So, yeah, for, first time in how many years since United won the Youth Cup? It's quite a lot. It's quite a long time. 2011. To, to yeah, Cliff, that's right. Zeke Friars. And did they have a French midfielder in that team as well? I think yeah, did. yeah, yeah. I, he might have gone under some decent things. Can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jesse Lingard, the the youngster Jesse Lingard, of course. Um, He's going to get pay. his chance one day. You're, one yeah. day he'll play more than three games in a season. Yeah. Good. Anyway, I guess that's it. We'll be back soon, folks, to talk about Brentford. Yeah, got, got all my dates mixed up, but uh, Monday night. Joys of Thursday, Monday schedule. <laughs> you can tell that he's looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, just just getting there, just hanging on in there till the end of the season. We'll be enjoying the summer. So, anyway, you're off on your holidays. Off to California. Yeah, yeah your, your um, area of the world, Ed. My, my neck um, of the woods, yeah. 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 Not not heading up north to bother you too much, so you're free from that. But yeah, um, looking forward to it. I, I did have a standing invitation to go to, because I obviously wrote True Genius last year, and yeah. sorry, two years ago, two years ago, oh God, time has gone away since the pandemic. So all the interviews I was doing, I interviewed um, Chris Dangerfield, who was um, George's brother-in-law when he stayed okay, with yeah. him when they were in San Francisco and he still lives in San Francisco and the earthquakes, I think he does commentary there and he'd invited us, he invited me over to, to go and see a game there. And do you know, I haven't, because this trip was organized last minute and I don't even know if it coincides with the game and it's that kind of thing where you don't want to impose yourself on someone. Oh, the old Kirby enthusiasm, Larry David thing running through my head, you know, like, do you invite yourself to to something that's short notice and that kind of thing so it, it's a bit of a not a mistake of scheduling to be fair but um a bit of a, a bummer that i'm not going to be able to see however i do intend to try and make a plan to go down to is it besties bar on hermosa beach i, I feel like i've got to make a, some kind of pilgrimage to do something with george when i'm down in la considering the fact i just wrote a book about him and it's the first time i've been down there since so yeah looking forward to it well, enjoy that. Everyone else, enjoy enjoy Brentford and the um, <laughs> inevitable defeat. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Have a great time, Wayne, in California. It is, it is paradise and it, the weather will be lovely and uh, you'll have a great time in San Fran and surrounds and LA you're going to. So, yeah, yeah. safe travels. And everyone Thank else, you, we'll speak friend. to you soon.